If I told you that um, this coming weekend we are throwing the biggest party that Cape Town has ever seen. So any, anyone who's, who's anyone will be there. Like Mark Shuttleworth will be there. Elon Musk will be there. Bill Gates will be there. Beyonce will be there. Um, like a- anyone you can imagine will be there. We will have hot tubs and jacuzzis. Just ready for you to soak in. We will have soccer, rugby, cricket, any sport you can imagine on big screens. Again, the best food you can ever imagine. And the best chefs in Cape Town is going to prepare food for us. And not only are you invited, but you can bring someone along. Will you do it? Of course, right? Because that is the way it works. When we are excited about something, when we get invited to a big party, you don't want to go alone. If someone invites you to the wedding, you're always like, can I bring a plus one? The only time that you don't take someone along to the wedding is when you're five years old. Because then any lady is fair game, right? You just dance with any lady who looks at you because you've got cute little rosy cheeks. But after that, if you go to a party, you always want to take someone with you. You don't want to go alone. It is just natural for us to do it. And we started this series, I Was Invited, last week to talk about this process that Christians, this responsibility that Christians have of inviting people along to experience the life change that we get through Jesus Christ and through His church. So this series is kind of like a family meeting where our church is getting together and we're like, guys, let's talk about the important stuff. So if you're not part of our church, it doesn't mean you're excluded. Uh, maybe you will learn some, some cool ideas here tonight if you invite a, a lady to the movies or something. Like you might learn some cool tips on, on how to invite her. But this is for our church to really say, like, let's, let's get some of our responsibility that God has given us back. Because just as we like to invite people to a party or to a wedding or something, the same way we should feel about asking people to join us when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. In the Bible, God is very specific asking us to do this, to invite people along. In fact, when you read the Bible... And often when we think about a relationship with Jesus, we think like, oh, this is going to be boring or bland or whatever. It's not going to be fun. When we think about life after this life, we're like, oh, I don't know what's going to wait for me, but I'm sure it's going to be so boring because it's like for eternity. Let me tell you, when you read through the Bible, we don't read about boring stuff when we read about our life with Jesus. We don't read about the boring stuff when it comes to heaven. We read about in the Bible, actually, that God is throwing a party any time that someone says, okay, I will join. I'm, I'm going to accept the invitation. So God is basically throwing a party for His Son, for Jesus. And not only are we invited, but God invited us to invite other people along. And that is what we'll be talking about tonight. Our second topic in our series, I Was Invited, is never stop inviting. Never stop inviting. And I know over the last year and a half, our church is a little more than a year and a half old, and some of you have said, like, I've tried to invite my friends on this journey, or I've invited friends um, to a community group or um, to church, and some of them are just saying no, some of them don't want to come, some of them have excuses, and I kind of just don't know what to do. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about this, never stop inviting. And um, what we'll be doing is we're going to read a story tonight about a guy who sent some people to invite others to his party, and some of them said no, and some of them said yes. And we're going to see what we can learn from that. So if you have your Bibles here, you can open to Matthew 22, 
Um, Jesus in Matthew is telling a story, a parable to people, and a, a parable is a story that Jesus told with a very specific meaning. So Jesus used one example that people understood, like a party, or he would use something like farming or something in your everyday life to explain a deeper spiritual meaning. So in the parables, this is what Jesus is doing. Jesus is trying to explain to them something about the kingdom of God, our relationship with Jesus, the life that waits for us after this life, and um, about the invitation that goes along with it. So we'll be reading tonight Matthew 22, verse 1 to 10. If you've got your Bible here, you can open your Bible. Um, If you have a cell phone, you can download the Bible app on your phone, and you have any translation with you. So tonight we're reading from the New International Version, Matthew 22, verse 1. Jesus spoke to them, spoke to the people that was listening to. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying. So this is a story that Jesus is telling them to explain something deeper. He says this, the kingdom of heaven, so God's kingdom, is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who've been invited that, that I have prepared my dinner. He's like, he's like, come on guys, like this is not just a wedding. Hear what I've done. He's like, my oxen and my fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Listen, you don't have to work the meat. You don't have to step in the blood. The meat is ready. It's ready for the bride. Just come. It's ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. And then the rest seized the king's servants. They mistreated them and they killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. And then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. But those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. So that's what we're going to read tonight. We read the story, this parable that Jesus uses to explain to us something about what's happening when we invite people to join us in this relationship with Jesus. So we we read about a king who throws a banquet for his son. And what Jesus is trying to tell us, like God is throwing a banquet, a wedding banquet, a wedding feast for his son, for Jesus Christ, because his church in the Bible is called the bride. And often in the Bible, we, we hear this metaphor of Jesus as the bridegroom and the church as his bride. So we read about this marriage that's going to happen, about this massive feast, this beautiful thing where the bride and the groom get together, where people decide to follow Jesus and live in harmony with him, where their lives are changed. So this king is throwing this party and then people are invited. And we read that some people went and some people didn't go. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to learn two truths about inviting people, actually three truths to inviting people to the party, to invite them to join us in this relationship with Jesus. So the first truth you need to know when you invite people is this. You will experience rejection. Whoa, that's hard. You will experience rejection. What is interesting to me, this king sends his slaves or his servants, and they go out, and they and people already, by the way, got invitations, so they know this wedding is going to happen, but they're not coming. 
So he sends his, his servants and he's like, go and get these people and tell them the food is ready, the tables are ready, just come. And the servants go and they were equipped because they knew what was going on. They prepared the food. They knew everything was ready. They knew what to say. They came with the authority of the king. So everything these servants needed to invite people, they had it. But still, people decided not to come. So before we continue to talk about the fact that you will experience some rejection, I want you to see this tonight. The fact that a bunch of people decided not to come to the wedding wasn't the fault of the king or the servants. The fact that some people said, I'm not going to join you, was not the king or the servants' fault. The king didn't throw a bad party. The servants didn't do a bad invite. So I want you to know this tonight, that if you, because often we don't want to invite friends to the party. We don't want to invite them to church. We don't want to share our faith with Jesus. We don't want to tell them about how Jesus has changed our lives. Because I feel like I might not have the right words, or I will not know what to do, you know, or that is a job that's only reserved for a pastor or a missionary. It's not. It's for anyone. But when you invite someone, I want you to see before we talk about the rest, that if someone says, I'm not interested in this, I don't want to come to church, or I don't want to know Jesus, it is not necessarily your fault. It doesn't mean that you said the wrong things, or that you had the wrong information. The problem was the people that were invited, not the people that did the inviting. So here's here's what three reasons why some people decided not to go to the wedding. And this will kind of prepare you to understand back then this was the reality they're facing. And you will see like today, especially in the the postmodern person, we are facing these same issues, I think even in a more in a greater way. So you will see tonight some of the issues that people have, and that might give you an idea of how to approach them differently. The first reason why some people said, I'm not interested, is because they were self-righteous. The first group of people, the guys that were invited, Jesus said, I came for the Jewish people. That's why I came. They were expecting a Messiah, someone to save them, and that's why I came. But they rejected Jesus. Do you know why? Because they thought there are too good. They were so proud of their goodness. They were so proud of their religious structures that they didn't see it necessary, that they saw no need for the grace of God. They thought that they were already okay. And often when I speak to people about faith, when I speak to them about Christianity or Jesus, you see that people are so self-righteous. They will tell you, but you know what? I live a good life. I'm already doing good things. I don't hurt anyone. I work hard. I help people as far as I can. I'm okay. And often people will think that they are so good because of their heritage, because of the family they came from, or because of the deeds they do, or because of some of the religious practices that they do, that they think they have no need for the grace of God. They are self-righteous. They think they are okay on their own. But guess what? The Bible teaches that there was only one perfect person ever in the world, and that was Jesus himself. In fact, in 1 John, we read that if you say you are without sin, so if you say I'm perfect, you are a liar and there's no truth in you. So the Bible says this, if you say you're good enough that you don't need the grace of God, that sentence already made you not good enough. We all need the grace of God. And if you continue to read the story, it wasn't about good or bad people. 
Everyone is invited to the party, but some people will say no, not because of what you did, but because they are self-righteous, because they think they don't need the grace of God. I want to tell you, we all need the grace of God because we all have issues in our life. We all make mistakes. I want to tell you that we all need the life change that Jesus brings because none of our lives are perfect. We all need the joy and the peace that comes with following Jesus because we will all face times when the joy in our lives will be stolen. We will all face times in our lives when the peace will be stolen. And no matter how good you are, no matter how perfect you think you are, you will need that. Some people said no because they were too self-righteous. A second group of people, and I think this is even a bigger issue in our culture, a second group of people in verse 4 and 5 said no, and we read that they went back to their fields and back to work. You see, they were too busy. The second reason why some people will reject you is because of busyness. Because we fill our time up with all kinds of things. These guys decided that is, they were so preoccupied with their work, with the profits they wanted to make, with the hobbies that they were practicing, with their own interests, that it was no big deal for them to miss out on this party. They gave up this amazing privilege of being in this banquet hall with the king and his son and eating the best food and sitting at the best table. They gave up that privilege for the mundane things in life, for going to work, eating, working, going home, saying hi to your family, going to bed, and doing that every day until you die. They gave up the most amazing privilege you could have had for the mundane. I want to tell you today, I think this is an issue that we have as well. We think that we don't need Jesus. We're like, what, what will this Jesus stuff help me? You know, I've got kids to raise. I've got work to do. I've got hobbies to practice. I've got friends to see. I've got movies to watch. I've got a house to fix up. I've got so much stuff going on. What will this Jesus stuff help me with all of that? I want to tell you, you can be so busy that you miss out on the most amazing invitation that has ever been extended to human beings. And that is for you to have a renewed relationship with your Creator, with your Father in Heaven. You can miss out on the most amazing invitation to spend time with your Father, to spend time in His party where we will be glad and where we will have the best things we can ever imagine. We will give up the opportunity here on earth to experience joy and peace and love and hope. Because we are too busy to watch TV or to work, to make money, to sleep, to be lazy. The third reason why some people said no is because they were just too abusive in verse 6 and 7, we read that these guys came and they're like, hey, listen, you were invited to the party. It's time to come. And they mistreated, they tortured these people and killed them. Can you imagine your sister's getting married and she's like, hey, will you please invite some people? And you go to them and they're like, what, me invited to, to a wedding? Like, kill you right there. I'm like, I just wanted to invite you. No big deal. But they killed these people. And I'm like, why did they do it? 
And what I see is throughout the Bible, we read that the prophets that spoke the truth about God that said, you're not good enough on your own. Your self-righteousness is not okay. You're too busy. You need to spend time with God. The people who said, you need the grace of God. You need God. You can't do this life on your own. These prophets were killed by the people they were trying to help. We read in the Bible that Jesus came to save, that Jesus came to restore our relationship with God, and Jesus was rejected by people, and Jesus was killed by the Romans. And Jesus said, if that is what they did to me, they will do it to you as well. I want to tell you today, if you truly follow Jesus and you want to invite people on this journey, they might say no because they're too self-righteous. They might say no because they're too busy and God just doesn't feature. They could even say no because they just have a hate for God. And we don't often experience persecution like that. You can go to work, you can share your faith. You can go to school, you can share your faith. You can talk about Jesus, you can read your Bible. There's places in the world where if you are caught with the Bible, they will hang you without a trial. Christianity, Christians are still one of the most persecuted groups in the world. Every year, hundreds of thousands of Christians across the world are killed for only one thing, for believing in Jesus Christ and for sharing that with other people. And we might not be experiencing that. For most of us, the worst thing that could happen is that people will reject us. And that is a form of persecution, I guess, even if it's emotional persecution. But you know what's bad? Across the world, people are dying for what they believe in because they believe that this party that God is throwing with His Son is important enough, is big enough, that they will be killed for inviting people on this. That's true passion. We said last week that invitation can only flow from a heart filled with passion about God. And across the world, people are dying for their faith. And we are sitting here, and we the worst thing that could happen is that someone might reject our offer, but we are so paralyzed by possible rejection of people that we aren't even trying. I'm so afraid that someone will, will say like, Louis, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Or Louis, I don't like you anymore. Or you're too pushy or something that I just stopped trying. It's always interesting to me when I speak to people in our church and they're like, you know what, I've tried to invite people, but I just really don't have anyone to invite. I, I just don't know that many people. And then they will invite me to a party, and I'm like, there's like 50 people here. And you're like a really good connector. Everyone knows you, and everyone loves you. But you're like, I, I don't really have people to invite. The problem is you're afraid that instead of 50 people showing up to your birthday party, five is going to show up, so you'd rather stay quiet. Don't be so paralyzed by rejection that you don't even try. If you want to invite people along on this journey of following Jesus, if you want to invite people to church, the first thing you need to know, the first truth is you will experience rejection. The second truth you need to know is you will see some people respond. You will see rejection, but you will also see some people respond. You know what's beautiful to me? This king invited a bunch of people. He sent his servants to go and bring those people in. And still people are like, no man, we're good. This king could have given up. If you threw a party and you invited some people and not one single person showed up, what would you do? Gilandi told me this story. I don't know if, if the invitations didn't go out right or what happened, but she was five years old and they had a birthday party for her and no one showed up. Five years. 
And she went outside and she said she sat on the sidewalk and she was waiting, like looking at the road, trying to see if someone is coming. And that is still today, even though she's, she's an adult lady with our first kid on the way, that's still like an emotional issue for her. Because if people don't show up when we invite them, it's really hard, right? And this king could have said like, but wait, I've experienced rejection. So I'm just going to invite no one else. I'm just going to stop doing it. But instead of stopping, he tells his guys, listen, go out and invite every single person you see. Invite anyone. And then he uses this word. He says the bad and the good. God doesn't have a list of requirements of who's invited to the party. God doesn't say, listen, you can come to me, but only if you're perfect. He doesn't tell you, you can come to me, but only if you do no more sin. You can come to me only, only if you give enough money to the church. Or you can come to me only if you never hurt someone. God doesn't have a list of requirements for us to follow him. Whether you are good or whether you are bad, we are all invited to the party. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans 5 verse 8, it says that Jesus died for us while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, while we were actively doing things to hurt Jesus, while people were stabbing him with a spear in the side and driving nails through his hands and his feet and hitting him and spitting on him while they were enemies with God, while they were torturing him, while they were sinning, he died for them. No matter how good or bad you are, you're invited. Whether you are rich or poor, you're invited. Whether you stay in a massive house or a normal-sized house or a shack, whether you live on the street, you're invited. Whether you're a man or a woman, black or white, Afrikaans, English, Tosa, French, you're invited. God doesn't have requirements for who's invited. And that is why we always say, come as you are. But He never leaves us the same. He never leaves us where we are. And we didn't read this tonight. You can go and read the rest of the story yourself. But in verse 11 and 12, the king, all these people show up to the pot, and he sees one man that doesn't have wedding clothes on. And you know what the king does to him? He says, why don't you have wedding clothes on? And he throws him out. You see, everyone is invited to come as you are. But in those days, when you would go to a royal wedding or something, they would give you a special robe to dress. The king would present that to you. So everyone, no matter who they were, even though they might have been traveling somewhere and they didn't have the right clothes, the moment they walked through those doors, they would have been presented with the right things in order to fit in here, to be part of this. The change that was needed in the life to happen, that would happen the moment they walked through the door. And that is what God is saying here as well. Come as you are, and I will give you everything you need to change your life. But if you don't accept it, if you don't want to change, you can't be part of this wedding feast. You will invite some people, and some people will say, I'm not going to come because I'm good enough, I'm self-righteous. Because I'm too busy, because I'm just an abusive person. But you will invite other people and they will come. Because we read in verse 10 that these guys went out and they started bringing people in. Whether they were good or bad, it didn't matter. They started bringing people in. And we read in verse 10 that the wedding hall was filled with 
guests. Let me tell you a very simple truth of life. If you keep inviting, people will come. So you go to your friend and you invite them. He's like, I'm good enough. Tomorrow you invite him. He's like, I'm too busy. You invite him the next. He's like, come on, man, leave me alone. You invite him the next and maybe he's like, okay, I'll come. You invite another one and he just keeps saying no. Then you invite another person and they say yes. But if you keep inviting, people will respond. Don't be so paralyzed by the fear of rejection that you don't even try. So those are two truths. You will see some rejection, but you will also see some people respond once we start inviting people to meet Jesus. But I want to tell you today, if you are a Christian, you have a responsibility. That was the last commandment Jesus gave. You can try to get away from this. You can try to talk around it, but there's no way around it. If you are a Christian, you have a responsibility. And we can sit around and we can wait for people to come to us, but that is not what Jesus asked of us. In Matthew 28, when Jesus gave his largest words, he says, go to all the nations. We read here in Matthew that, he, that the master didn't say, wait, and maybe some people will show up. Let's see what happens. He's go and find people. Go out. Don't wait for people to come to you. Don't wait for people to ask you, what do you believe in? Don't wait for people to ask you, why are you happy or why does your life look different? Yes, all of those things need to be present. But he's go and find them. Go out, find people who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, who's not part of the party. Go and find them and bring them in. It wasn't the good people. It wasn't the rich people. It wasn't the religious or the hardworking people that at the end of the day enjoyed the party. Do you know who enjoyed the party at the end of the day? The people who accepted the invitation. I believe following Jesus and having him in my life is the best decision I could ever make. Because it brings... things into my life, life change into my life that I could find in no other way. And that is a party. And I believe after this life, a bigger party is waiting for me in heaven. And I believe that is worth, that invitation that God extended to me, I believe that is worth sharing with other people. So will you still be paralyzed by the fear of rejection? Or will you start inviting? Let's pray. Lord, you know our hearts. You know that sometimes we just want to please people. We just want people to like us. We just want people to show up to our party. And sometimes that means that we don't share you enough. That we don't share the life change that we experience through knowing you. And I pray tonight, God, that you will give us courage. I pray that we will have the courage to go out and find and invite people. But I pray tonight that you will give us open doors that once we invite people, that they will respond to that invite in a positive way and not with rejection. But even if we experience rejection, I pray, Jesus, that we, you would give us the courage to never stop inviting. I pray it in your name. Amen.
Hi, I'm Louis Kiepers, the lead pastor of Prodeo Church, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to this message today. If you felt inspired by it and you would like to see this continue, we would love to get some of your support. So follow one of the three links below. There's two for South African donors, one a SnapScan link and one our banking details. Or if you're an international listener, there's also a link for you to follow if you wanted to give. So from my side, thank you again and may God bless you.